discussion. Frank and I are having a discussion, and we would like you to listen to us. Thank you, Tahir. Hello, everybody. Jack Bosma. This is the Jack Bosma Show. Uh, my guest today is a man of many accomplishments. His name is Frankie Ovine, and I also have a guest, Tahir, from Bangladesh, who is joining us. Hi, Frank. How you doing? Hey, Jack. How are you doing today? I'm doing good because I'm talking to you. How does that sound? That sounds good. Well, I've never had it so good. And that's well, due to my the way I, I use my mind in regard to the mindfulness that we will be talking about. And let's continue that exchange because I can't get enough. And Tahir is joining us for the first time. So please speak slowly. Will do. And I can do. And let's Thanks, Suzak. Thank you. Yes, Tahir, you're welcome to speak with us, but Frank has many things that he would like to say. Uh, just so you know, Frank is from the United States, I am from the United States, and I know that you're from Bangladesh. And you Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Continue, Frank. So if I'm not mistaken, we were talking about mindfulness and how mindfulness controls two parts of our minds. There's a negative part, and then there's a positive part. That's now, correct, Frank. Now, Frank, one moment. Tahir, do you understand what mindfulness is? Do you know what the word mindfulness means? Uh, I am understand. I understood. Thank you. Continue, Frank. Way to come. So, so the, the question comes involved or comes about is, are we able to identify the negative parts of mindfulness and the positive parts of mindfulness, separate them and treat them in a way that is beneficial? So one of the one of the great philosophers and his his name eludes me right now said a wise man uh, how does the saying go again? A smart man learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from other people's mistakes. So in having a conversation about the way our negative thoughts can bring us down a rabbit hole and we can go to that like a dog with a bone because our negative thoughts as our positive thoughts are compiled of different things. Now let's just stick with the negative thoughts for this time. The negative thoughts are what is real, what is happening right now that can affect me negatively. Then the imagined, and it's the imagined negative thoughts that I would like to talk about today. So that is our perceptions and our opinions of those perceptions. So say you have somebody looking at you, or if you have something going on in your life that you perceive as a negative it will affect the way that you think and it'll affect your emotions 
which is the 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 way our body communicates with our mind. If anybody's Frank, interested, Frank, may I interrupt you for one moment? May I just say sure. something very, very briefly? Go right ahead, Jack. I'll give you an example. Sure. If a woman that's very attractive or maybe not even very attractive, but if a woman looks at you and winks and smiles, that's great. You would like that. Correct. But if a man looks at you and gave a wink or a smile, you would probably beat him up. No, I wouldn't. But I'm just saying the response that you would give would be completely different. So I want to bring that in uh, to the conversation a little bit only because we gather our opinions. A lot of it is from the media. Uh, hey, did you hear about this rotten guy that killed his wife or, or something like that? We always have a statement. And when we make a statement, a lot of times we already put our perception into that statement. Correct. We automatically do it. So if I say something to you like, Frank, I really enjoy these shows. I really like interacting with people, but the technology just doesn't work. It's too difficult, so maybe we should stop. So I'm no longer focusing on our conversation. Instead, I'm making the technology a focus of the conversation. And when in reality... To be a wise man, as you've already alluded to, I would simply focus on the goal, which is the conversation. I would not even mention something about the technology because the technology facilitates the communication. But at the end of the day, or if we have to adapt to the technology, the focus is still communication. So communication is more complicated than the technology that's used to provide that capability, is what I'm saying. Correct. And our mindfulness and how we communicate can also be in body language, which yes. is what you're talking about. If a, you know, if, a, if a pretty woman winks at me, of course, I am going to respond in a different way than if a, than if a man does. There, right. There's no argument with that. Correct. So the, 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 the question is, is how do we take our judgments and base our judgments in a non-personal opinion way? One of the things that Joe Dispenza talks about is he talks about the communication that goes on through our mind and our body. And that is through something called neuropeptides. The neuropeptides are the way the mind and the body communicate. Those neuropeptides are constantly going in and coming out. They're taking all the information and then the brain is perceiving it. And, it, you know, they, they have to deal with our natural instincts, our natural drives that we already have. 
the question the, the question comes is how do we separate ourselves so that we don't cast judgments on what's going on around us? I have a way. Okay. I have a, Sounds good. Give it to me. I have Jack. A, and and I said this in an earlier show. Uh, you may have even been involved in it. And I always admonish Tasha for this. Tell me more. When you speak with your family, simply say, tell me more. Because if we say, tell me more, that will enable that person to continue communicating with us. It conveys interest, and then we are able to respond more effectively. Simply use those uh, couple of words, three words. Tell me more. I would agree with that. Tell me more, or there's, a, there's another section to that. Tell me more is one, and the second part would be just asking questions about it. Can you explain? That is what you're talking about is what they call about, what they call the Syracratic way. It's based on Socrates. How do you expand conversations? So, for instance, can you tell me more about the way that you feel when a woman winks at you? Can you tell me more about the way? What did you mean? How do you open up a conversation to bring in more? Now, what I would like to do is I would like to bring our guest in and see what he can help us with in regards to this conversation of mindfulness, because in his country, Bangladesh, you have the the yoga and yogi and in that area. But I'd like to hear what he has to say. Well, our guest left because he had some other engagements to attend to. Oh, okay. So we're right back on track. But since I have a moment and I can respond, I'm going to, okay, I'm just going to say it how it comes out. Let me see how I can master this. Uh, Today I was online and I ran into a podcaster who needed help. And what he needed help with was men's mental health issues. Okay. Now, this is kind of a parallel track to what you do as a speaker. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say you're a motivational speaker, but you are a public speaker. And one of the things uh, that I mentioned to this man, I actually made a recording for him. He's a very successful podcaster, but I shut him down. And do you know how I shut him down, Frank? No, how? He sent out a message, and I copied the message to my response. So I had him. I had him. I actually repodcasted his request with his statement. I did not change his statement. That's his. But my response was geared toward his statement. And he ran from me. And let me just, I don't need to identify the podcaster. I don't need to to identify the message. 
But the one component of the message that he sent to 100,000 people, I always focus on that because that's what it is. His message stated he had three questions about mental health issues. He wanted a a 10-minute presentation from audience members and responses to those three questions. He requested that the podcast be 10 minutes long, and he put down at the end that he would edit out uh, as needed. He would edit the comments as needed. So my response back was I gave him his 10-minute response, as he asked for, I addressed the three issues as he asked for, but then I also, since it was included in the message, I told him very specifically, when a person provides you with content, and their content is 10 minutes long, 5 to 10 minutes, whatever the requirement is, you will never, ever edit content. You will never edit content. When I provide you with answers to something that you're requesting, my answers are in totality. So it is not you to judge or to determine what is needed and what is not needed. Number one, stop talking about men's mental health issues and focus on health issues. Or mental health. When you are engaging an audience on mental health, do not edit their responses. Do not determine what's good and what's bad. Tell me more is your job. If you want to learn about someone's mental health, tell me more. If someone is having a bad day, tell me more. If someone is having a good day, tell me more. This is the way I assess people. And I'm not even a doctor or I don't even have fancy initials after my name. And I admonish these people because in order to communicate effectively for me, I focus on receiver message back to the sender. And by doing that, I'm so much more effective. And I think the reason that I have so many more views on the channels that I podcast on is because many of those audience members that are on other channels are actually gravitating to the content that we are producing. I I, I would agree with I, I would agree with that. I think that's a very uh noble and 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 real real cause. Uh, for people to understand. Yes. But but the reason I'm bringing that up, Frank, is because we still have people out there that want to go ahead and classify things as men's mental health issues or women's mental health issues. I was actually listening to one podcaster that considers herself a warrior in the mental health field. Now, Frank, uh, I'm just using this as an example. If I use the word warrior to me, that sounds combative. And when I use these types of words 
to have a one-on-one or one-on-one-thousand or one-on-a-hundred-thousand discussions, I wouldn't use a word like that. So I call the people on this. And when I provide messages to others, they're only 30-second messages. Right. Because when, what I ask for is something very simple. I ask as a professional courtesy for a titled message response. And I'm universal in my approach. Because if I speak to everyone the same way, now I'm building credibility. I'm establishing a following. I'm establishing a foundation. And these people will not message me back as a professional. They are asking for things from people. I'm providing them with the things that they're requesting. I'm answering the questions, and uh, but I'm simply providing recommendations, and I never hear from these people again. So what I do is I go to Facebook, and I look for these people. The only responses that I get back from some that I disagree with, their response is the same as a person who agrees with me. And do you know what the the haters, I'll use that term loosely because they are responding. Do you know what the haters and likers say about me online? No, I don't. In different ways, in different words, I am an exceptional communicator. That's the generic opinion from the haters and the lovers. That, in in so many words, that's the bullseye response that I get from people who respond uh, to me. Yeah, I, I, uh, Jack, I've known you for some time now, and I, I would agree with that and say that you are actually a excellent communicator. I, I would not, not a good, whatever, an excellent computer. But what's very funny is the point that you just made in between the, the haters and the likes and all of that. Also, I just want to bring that back to mindfulness. So when talking about negative things, because you use the word loosely haters or people that are giving you negative comments and positive comments, the, the question when it comes to mindfulness, one of the practices that I use is this, is understanding what the difference is between my reputation and what my character is. Yes. If I, if I go along by what my character is, then what other people say about me will have no effect on me. But if I'm living off my reputation, then there will be there can be some very negative overtones in regards to my my mindfulness and my thinking and uh, and my happiness. OK, and, and that's very true. But there is a way to simply take all of that mm-hmm. and fix it immediately. If if there is anything that needs to be fixed. And that way simply is tell me more. Because 
when I meet people on podcasts, Frank, for some of them, it is their business. Correct. And they're so used to presenting webinars, presenting seminars, presenting stuff they give away for free on Facebook and Twitter. They give it away. And the communication is all one way. And when I come along and I simply say, are you ready to create a show and listen? That petrifies them. That petrifies them. Well, that, that, you know, you just said another key thing when it talks about, when you talk about mindfulness, which is listening. You're a public, you're a public speaker, Frank, correct? Correct. Yes. What would it do for your profile or your image or your reputation if you simply went to all of your social media platforms and identified yourself as a public speaker and listener, what would that do to your business, Frank? I, I, I honestly have no idea, Jack, but I would venture to say that it would probably be good. Do, are you aware of anyone online right now, Frank, that is identifying themselves as a public listener? No. I may have just doubled your business, Frank, and you can use that on your profiles. This is just a tip for you. I was just going to ask you permission if you don't have a problem with me popping that into my profile when I get a chance. Because there is no public listeners out there. There are thousands of public speakers. Millions. I would agree with you. But there's only one public listener that I know of. Should you choose to add that to your profiles everywhere? Oh, no, oh, no I will. Because th- there's, you know, there's another ancient quote that, you know, says we have uh, two ears and one mouth. And that's so that we can listen more than we can speak. The most valuable skill that I have learned as a result of creating these daily podcasts, and I'm now averaging two or three a day, four, is the ability to listen. I, I, that is one of the strongest things you can do, because when you listen, you can then differentiate positive and negative and then attribute that to where it belongs so that you can rem- you can remain mindful of what you're saying and what you're doing. Yes, we can. Then, which will then create <laughs> a positive character attribute for you. I would agree with you 100%, Jack. That's why I'm asking, I ask continuously for the message from the receiver, the message back to the sender. I know what I'm doing, Frank. These podcasts are a multi-million dollar industry. If people use it correctly, if I have 2,000 views, 3,000 views, a million views, I could care less. If I have a hundred views and I have a thousand messages, a thousand titled audio messages, I'm doing cartwheels. 
That's how yeah. powerful listening is. No, I, I would agree with you. And it goes, it goes a lot further than talking because it talks about something that we've spoke about before, which goes along with mindfulness is, you know, are in our conversations, are we being inclusive or exclusive? And I have to admit, you've corrected me a couple of times on some of the words that I use, meaning you and your, and I agree with you. When you're using those words, you are being exclusive instead of inclusive, instead of using the words we and our. And And if I I have a weakness, Frank, please identify it publicly with me, because I will identify the only weakness that I see with you. Is Correct. simply speaking too fast. And I am in the process of slowing that down, if you have not noticed. If we slow down, we convey sincerity, and we also have an opportunity to look at our audience and focus on their movements, on their eye contact, on their interest in the conversation. If we speak too quickly, We are looking at an audience. We are not even concentrating on the audience. We are simply providing a presentation, going through the mechanics, getting paid, and we are done. Speaking speaking of the audience, do you have anything uh, from our audience? Any 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 questions or anything from our listeners now? None. Okay. None for the most part, except some comments that I've received on, not on Anchor yet. I've received podcasting comments from other podcasters, uh, but I have not used one of our shows as the title. I'm going to do that. Instead of sending them my channel link, I'm going to send them an episode link. Yeah, I think that would be great because it would be really nice to be able to hear the, you know, what the listeners, you know, our audience is coming up with and what the positives are and what the negatives are. We've got about two minutes and 30 seconds left on this. I just want to reinforce everything that we're saying to say that my audience is growing by two or 300 viewers a day. It is being replicated. Uh, Many people are going back to the previous podcasts and re-listening to them or re-watching them on Rumble. So I'm on the tip of the replication phase right now. That's where I'm at. That is is quite awesome, Jack. And and then, again, if people want to get in touch with me, they can reach out ki speaker and or uh they can just find any information from our links where i believe you do have some of my my links and my information on yes and every time you provided me with a recorded message for anchor and a comment on rumble i can reinforce those links because they're being validated by you do you see what a beautiful process this is no it is it it is a very amazing process and Uh, You stated very clearly earlier that you're not a texter. I respect that perspective because it is your perspective. But I had seven people waiting for us on WebTalk today. 
So a cursory text message to include your websites, etc., is all that's needed. I will I, I will add them on as soon as I have the opportunity, Jack. I and do we, appreciate. And we've got a minute and a half. And the beautiful thing about these interactions, Frank, is if you have clients or you don't have clients, simply refine the presentation and delivery skills here. Correct. So what would you like, what are you thinking about the, our next episode? What would you like to talk about? Mm, I think maybe a brief introduction, and then you can actually ask me specific questions about myself. That might be something nice. because yeah, we could do that. That will give the audience a, a greater sense of purpose. Uh, they can see that we are real people, that we do strive to interact and, and create subsequent interactions and shares of our material. Uh, I've got about a minute left on this uh, podcast. I will stop the recording, but we will talk privately because I have something to discuss with you. Sure. But what I would say is everything is content. It doesn't have any value if it's sitting in a box somewhere. It doesn't have any value if it's being put on Facebook or YouTube, where I can simply give you an emoji. But on the platforms that I'm using now, Anchor and Rumble, we actually have the opportunity to encourage interaction that is not emoji-driven. As a matter of fact, Anchor and Rumble do not even have the emoji capability. That is just very nice. And I have I I agree with you. Frank, one moment, about 10 seconds left. I want to thank our audience for listening, watching, participating, and sharing. Thank you very much, everyone. Can't do it without you.